the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. A lot of clouds today, shower two, same for tonight, down to around 50 for the low. Tomorrow, a lot like today on the overcast side, may get a shower two or three, and high around 56. Flyers won last night, 5-3. Travis Konechny with the hat trick. Goals 22, 23, and 24 on the year for him. Carter Hart in goal with 26 saves. Flyers have a couple of nights off, and they're at Washington Saturday night at 7. Sixers home this evening against Oklahoma City at 7. And in our preborn partnership, we're up to 57 ultrasounds now. Taking some more steps forward than that. Thanks to all who have helped out. $28 is what they cost. And uh, I love these because it's uh, you know January being Sanctity of Human Life Month, and we do care about these matters year-round uh, and in other ways. But this is a great way to kick off the year. I love this because it, basically as Scott Wilder from Preborn, when he joined us a week or two ago, talked about the fact you're kind of really just introducing the mom to her child chance to hear the heartbeat see the baby on the ultrasound and you step out of the way you don't even say very much if anything and how powerful that can be in terms of promoting life first for the baby but also for the mother so if you want to help out and beyond really a father and beyond uh, 833-850-BABY's the number 833-850-2229 again 833-850-2229 or on our homepage is a pre-born banner where you can see the progress we're making as well, uh, you know, in addition to helping out through that manner at WFIL.com. We tend to get an update from preborn usually in the morning, sometimes early afternoon. Then we post that on our site. So once a day, we're able to change that number. So one for $28, two for $56, 20 for $560 if you're really in love with the frequency of the radio station, whatever you choose. Most importantly, helping uh, a pregnant girl or woman choose life. Preborn's about much more than that, too. They're very supportive for months and even years beyond the actual office visit. So it's not just a, a quick go in the office and then see you later. It's much, much more nurturing than that and much more involved than that. Again, 833-850-BABY to help, 833-850-2229 or at WFIL.com. We have a brief break to take. Then we're looking forward to bringing Steve Arterburn on board, New Life Live host, which you can catch on WFIL each weekday, 1 till 2. He's founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, the best-selling author, and he has a brand new book called Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation. He'll join us in just a moment here. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 4.06 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. And we are very glad to bring on board now Steve Arterburn from New Life Live, which you can catch weekdays at 1 on WFIL. Uh, we also have a, a late night showing, if you will, midnight to 1 a.m., so you can catch it twice a day. Technically, he's founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, 
host of the number one nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live, and also founder of the Women of Faith Conferences, attended by more than 5 million folks and uh, more than 15 million books in print. And this new one will add to that total, Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation. Uh, How are you doing today? It's great to have you on today. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Great to be with you. Thanks for uh, letting me talk about this new book, which I've had really, really great response from it, and I uh, hope it's going to help a lot of people. Absolutely. Give it a little backstory. What, how long has this been in your uh, in your brain and uh, bringing it out? Well, Marcus Brotherton is my co-author, and he and I wrote a book a couple of years ago, Kirby McCook and the Jesus Chronicles, and it won Book of the Year, and it was for young people. So we said, okay, uh, let's do another book, and what would the best use of our time be. And so that's when I started talking about, well, you know, the thing that we could address, which addresses everything, is a person's thought life. There's just not enough really great help on thought life. And, you know, your thoughts determine attitudes, feelings, what you're going to do. And so many people are troubled with it. Everybody's familiar with every man's battle and people being, you know, stuck in the area of lust and stuff. But there are other people, worry is just a constant problem for them. And and then others, of course, uh, fear, anxiety. And then I think one of the worst things is that people are living with shame that Jesus died to take care of. And so that's how we start working on the book and uh, why we really hope that this could transform a person's uh, way of being. We've got some surface strategies, you know, things to do right now. Uh, and we also have some strategies to go deeper uh, when you need to so that your thought life's working for you and not against you. Yeah. Uh, and one thing, just broadly speaking, that I appreciate as I read through is the fact that really there is a lot of Scripture throughout so you're never yeah. very far from – so where does it say that? Or so – you know what I'm saying? To back up what you're talking huh. about. I, I think that's yeah. super important. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of the book is there's this old Scottish theologian, Thomas Chalmers, uh, and we, we quote him. Uh, he wrote a sermon, and back then sermon titles were better than today. But his sermon <laughs> title was The Expulsive Power of a New affection. And I love that. And what he was talking about was this. He said, you can't just stop thinking about something. You can't just stop doing something. You have to replace it with a higher affection, something better. He said, so if we're not going to think about sinful things of this world, we're only going to be successful when we replace it with a higher and greater love for God. And that's what we've tried to do throughout the book. For instance, let's just say that you aren't happily married. And so you typically grumble, oh my goodness, I can't believe he did that or she did that. I'm just the most unfortunate person. All right. So why don't you take this horrible negative thing that you're doing and turn that into what God wants. God wants you to pray without ceasing. So, so many people, I've given this advice, they've done it, it changes everything. So now, the second you move into, oh my goodness, I 
then say, oh, dear Lord, here I am again, unhappy with the way things are going. I want to pray for my spouse. And God, I want you to help me now focus back on me, what I need to do to be a better person. So people literally go through their day now praying to God, which is a higher affection, and and they don't find themselves in this constant uh, negative dialogue. And that's a source of victory. It's a practical thing anybody can do. And when they do it, uh, life gets better. And there are other things that we can do that will prevent the problem from even starting to begin with, such as how about we start our day reading the Bible, looking at God's truth, and make that the foundation of our day. We have a much greater chance of not having constant thought battles if we begin with God's truth. Amen. One of the things uh, in that chapter that I appreciate also, not just in that chapter, but uh, one of the key takeaways, which I think you ended each chapter with, kind of a condensed version of here's what we just read through, was 2 Corinthians 10, 5b, which talks about taking every thought captive to Christ, and Philippians 4, 8, talking about what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely. You say, we prayerfully take an illicit, let's say, thought captive and think about whatever is true, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. The two actions can happen almost simultaneously. I appreciate the fact that that the prayerfully part is in there. It's intentional because mm-hmm. it's more than – it's not just a willpower. i got to do this. by You do this more than once, I mean many times, reminding people there is effort involved. You need to be disciplined. You need to you know, show up, so to speak. But you really, at the in the end, you, you need to acknowledge it's going to be coming from God for these things to happen. You cannot do these things devoid of God's power and his help and all of it. So it's more than strategies or something, as you were saying earlier. Right. And, you know, uh, that the verse in 2 Corinthians has been so much a part of my life that I go back to it so often. I said, wait a second, you need to be thinking about good things, pure things, um, and things that are worthy. Uh, and, and that really uh, helps me. But, you know, a lot of people are captured by their thoughts rather than taking the thought captive. Hmm. And like a worrier uh, can just be so miserable over the worries versus you can get to a point where you say, God, I used to worry about whether or not I'm going to have money to pay my income taxes. But rather than worry about that, I know that if I don't, if I end up with a big debt or whatever, you're still going to be there for me. It's going to be okay because it's always turned out to be okay. Might not be easy, but I'm going to get through it because you, you will not desert me. You're there for me. And you're a lot more important than anything here on earth. It's such a great flip from worry to a real life intimate talk with God about the reality of his care and love for us. Amen. You know, and I think I, I, I could be wrong. Was it chapter two, go to your God thought where that, that the language yes. you said flip was, I think in chapter two. Right. And the, and the God thought is, you know, for instance, God so often says, do not be afraid or fear not. That's a great God thought to have. And, and let that, every time you have a little fear, anxiety come up, if you go, wait, do not be afraid. God, thank you 
for telling me over and over again, I don't need to be afraid. And that God thought can replace the worry, the, the trouble, whatever the struggle is. Now, there are things that go beyond these kinds of strategies. For instance, let's say I am in deep, deep pain over the fact that my spouse died five years ago. What do I do about that? This, the memories and the pain keep hampering me. Well, God's given us a gift, and it's not a quick fix or instant solution. It's the gift of grief. And Jesus was a man acquainted with sorrows and the bitterest of grief. If we can go through a grieving process, and maybe it never happened, maybe we had to be strong for the kids or whatever we thought, but if we can go back and truly grieve and express to another person the anger, uh, the sadness, the disappointment, the despair, if I can get through that, then I don't have to feel it so deeply forever because that's what grief does. It allows us to detach from whatever it is that we've lost. And there are a lot of people that have never grieved the loss of a great parent. They deserved a great parent, but the parents I hear about so often were destructive, mean, just ridiculous, some of the stuff that are done to children. If we can grieve that loss, then I don't have to feel that pain and be impacted by it anymore. And so we're not just talking about surfacey strategies. Sometimes you have to do some deeper work for the thought life to start to be a, vict a victorious process of aligning with and considering and being intimate with God. That's a great point. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Steve Arterburner is our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, best-selling author and host of New Life Live, which airs on WFIL each weekday afternoon from 1 till 2. Also, midnight to 1, you can catch it again. Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation, is the new book. And you just said something there that uh, I don't know that this is really explicitly discussed in the book, but kind of related. I know when I'm reading the Bible in the morning, sometimes my mind is uh, all over the place or I try and get, trying to get settled so I can focus or I'm rereading the same verse and I realize like I, I wasn't even thinking about what I just read. And so I'll read, actually read out loud. I'll speak the words to kind of force my, my thoughts to be quiet a bit, uh, drowned out by my actual audio, you know, the audible voice part of things. Uh, and what I'm leading to is when you said about the work that's involved, so people don't get discouraged. I could even see them think, yeah, I, I know I'm anxious. I don't want to be. I read that verse, and now I'm anxious if I'm anxious. Like, they can start to go in a circle. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard many right. folks say that. So uh, maybe you could just elaborate a little bit on the fact that there is work involved. Don't be discouraged that it it does take time to, to learn and to train your mind and to even just uh, – and you still stumble here and there. It's not going to be a perfect thing, but – to have those tools ready that you mentioned earlier, for example, the God thoughts, and to, to say, okay, this is going to be messy at times, but I'm going to fight this battle. I'm not going to get discouraged. Right. Well, one of my favorite verses is from Jeremiah a few thousand years ago. He said, from prophets to priests, they're frauds. They provide superficial treatments for my people's mortal wounds. And so... I see that happening today where somebody will be, uh, their, their thought life is really troubling them. They go to someone and they get some quick fixed instant solution uh, kind of message when in reality what they do need is they need to do some deeper work. It's not 
comfortable. It's not instant. And I don't want to be one of those people that's providing some kind of superficial answer just because it makes me feel better to give that answer. I want to help folks. You know, New Life, we're not a counseling ministry. We're not a radio ministry. We're a transformational ministry. We want to see people transform. We want radical change for them. And for in order for that to happen, we have to avoid saying what might be the easy thing to say and sometimes saying the tough thing, but it's the true thing that the person needs to hear. That's great. That's great. Uh, chapter one, I mean, and we kind of jumped did a little cannonball into chapter four to start our, our conversation, moved around a little bit. Chapter one, you have a charge to people near the end of the chapter to pray for wisdom uh, based on James 1, 5. Maybe share about that, why you put that in there and it kind of out of the chute when people are starting to read the book in the first place uh, as kind of a warm up to what's to come. Well, truth. I mean, I, I'm a Bible person and my wife and I, we just completed the one year Bible for men and the one year Bible for women. And it's my 14th Bible project, including a life recovery Bible. So 4 million and then uh, every man's Bible is the best selling men's study Bible. We're Bible people. And so we know that truth in scripture can be applied and then it becomes wisdom. If I apply that truth appropriately, I have wisdom. The more wisdom I have based on God's truth, the less space, less real estate I have available for the crummy stuff. Hmm. And so I think naive, undiscerning people can become wise and discerning if they delve into Scripture enough. And, you know, uh, back to the Bible, that organization, they did the research and they discovered that if you engage in Scripture four days a week, not three, two, or one, four days a week, it has a transforming impact on your life and your relationships. And so how great it is when somebody's reading through the Bible and they're reading it every single day. That's where it comes. Another quick example of that, you know, people will quote, the truth will set you free. Well, that's out of context. What it actually says in John 8, uh, 31, 32, it says, if you follow my teachings, you're truly my disciple, then you will know the truth. So it isn't just memorizing a scripture that sets you free. It's knowing it and it's living it. It's being a disciple of Christ. That's how we get set free. That's wisdom. That's not just knowledge. It's a really great point that I don't think is emphasized enough. I I remember specifically at some point growing up during a Bible time or a sermon, I wrote in the notes, and it was probably in Proverbs somewhere, that wisdom equals applied knowledge. It's, you know, when you pray, right? Because right? you, you pray for wisdom thinking you just need information. Because there, there is the idea of wisdom for guidance, like, Lord, where will you direct me? And maybe yeah. you're in that regard. But, but there is something, and you were just saying it really well there, that if you want, when you're doing, that's, that's where a lot of growth comes. And God's word comes alive to you in a completely different way because you're going through the process of applying it. So. Right. And, you know, I love the little saying that uh, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is actually a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. Yes. <laughs> and so the proper application is where wisdom comes in. 
That's good. Another uh, another scripture, too, in chapter 1 that I know means a lot to you, which is really important, too, so folks understand. First John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So they do not feel like despite the, the uh, onslaught of thoughts they may get, whether it's temptation or otherwise, that they're doomed because they're not. Well, right. And, you know, Scripture is really clear that the crummy stuff comes from within us. You know, a lot of people say, uh, well, did Satan plant this or is it me? I don't think it matters. It, it doesn't want you don't want it to be there. And it's all spiritual warfare anyway, in my mind. But we have a power within us that is so much greater, far beyond any of that. And, you know, I read a book uh, by Bill Bright years ago on the Holy Spirit. And one of the simple things that he said is, look, if you're struggling, just ask the Holy Spirit, who is in you, to give you some supernatural strength. He also said, before you go into a meeting or a challenging situation, just stop and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And I'll tell you, that simple advice has kept me on track many times. And also, I've seen things happen from meetings and things where I have done that, that I just never expected uh, would happen. And so we have a lot of influence that we can give but we on our own thought life. But if we don't know that we can do it, don't know what to do, then we may feel like it's hopeless and that we're helpless but we are definitely not. <laughs> That's great. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Steve Arterburn is our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. He's New Life Live host on the radio station each weekday, 1 till 2. We also have a rebroadcast from midnight to 1. The new book is called Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation. And there is a, certainly addressed in the book, we'd probably be remiss to not include this in our conversation, about sexual temptation, especially because the thoughts can can at least fly in and out. Uh, and what you do with them, I suppose, is obviously a, a very uh, key thing here. But, uh, you know, and it's, it's woven throughout the book. So I don't have a particular aspect of the book to ask you about on that topic. But uh, I mean, there is like, for example, there's the top, uh, the check under the hood, chapter five, the example of Garrett and Amanda. Maybe that's a good example where you're talking about the responsibility for someone that there is responsibility, but it's not just don't click that website. You shouldn't do that. Well, on the surface, yes, that's correct. And you agree with that, but there's like what's underneath the hood too. Well, yes. And when somebody comes to me with a sexual integrity problem, pornography problem, whatever, they go, you know, I don't know what to do. I say, well, here, here's something to do. If you're not going to go to the every man's battle workshop, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to work on your anger? And I've never had one guy say to me, you know, I'm not an angry person. There is anger there. And oftentimes that anger is toward either mom uh, or another female that's come into their life, betrayal, whatever. And, and that has driven their desire uh, for woman. And it's so fascinating now to look back at, at some of the things that we didn't even know about when we wrote Every Man's Battle the woman in so much of the pornography is actually a very masculine woman. Now, I can't really describe that, why that is and how that works out, but it is true. And, um, and then the other thing is that a, a man seeking out to be affirmed as a man from a woman is headed the wrong direction. Men become men in the company of men. And I have eight guys that come to my office every Monday night. I'm not real comfortable with guys. And yet 
we've been meeting, and the more we meet, the more we love each other. We're real comfortable with each other. So a lot of times you don't want to do something because, well, you're uncomfortable. But go do it anyway. I like this great saying, do it afraid. Do things that you're uncomfortable with, and you're going to find a totally different result. In Chapter 6, Shout for Truth, I like the part where you uh, mentioned your experience with the uh, worship leader playing the piano, kind of doing hymns on the fly, uh, and, and the importance of practice, which kind of touches on what we talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah, that when we do things um, that are difficult, keep on doing them, and then they just become second nature. It just becomes so amazingly just part of us. It becomes reflex. And I think some of the great men and women of our day are so saturated with Scripture and so uh, quickly flip over to the godly thought uh, that they are pure and they are clean because it's just part of them. It's just what they do. It's who they are. I want to be that person. I'm not there yet, but I'm sure working on being there. I don't want to have to struggle every day. I want it to just be a natural thing that I do the godly thing and I get in communication and communion with God rather than be part of this world. I don't want any part of the world. Steve Arterburn's our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia, a host of New Life Live on WFIL each weekday, 1 till 2, best-selling author and founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, as well as the founder and woman of the Women of Faith Conferences. Folks will remember those, and of course, the Every Man's Battle, and the, uh, the, there's many different aspects of the, how the Lord has used you, and we're including on the radio station here each day, and this new book is one of them. Um, Mark, you mentioned uh, M.N. Brotherton, Marcus Brotherton, early on. Uh, can you share a little bit about how you guys know each other and what he contributes to this book? Well, um, Marcus takes um, what I do and puts the magic to it. He's <laughs> an amazing writer. Uh, when my wife started working with Tyndale on uh, the Bible Project, they told her, Misty, when you send us things, uh, our editors uh, have a problem with it because they don't have anything to do with it. It's so perfect. Steve, he sends us stuff, and we get three editors together and try to come up with something that people can read and understand. That's so funny. that's what Marcus does. And I, I love this guy. You know, he's been a New York Times bestseller uh, with, you know, different movie stars that are Christians and, and well-known folks in ministry. And it's, a, it's just a privilege to work with him. And he's not just a great writer. He is an extremely wise person. And we're already working on another project called Toxic Tribal Affinity about these people that that want to belong to something so much that they're not speaking up and saying there's some very destructive things going on because they don't want to be outcast or they don't want to be, quote unquote, one of those people. And it, mm. it's going to be a great book when it's done. Well, and maybe you're indirectly touching on another aspect of the book that I think is important to mention, so prevalent, social media. And that's also, a, you could take it from many different uh, directions, because when you're on uh, any platform, a lot of different things can happen. You know, some good can happen, but you could also find yourself, uh, you know, stalking an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend. You can find yourself being nosy where you, you can know too much. Let's put it that way. 
if you're not right or or you could just be looking at something and wishing you were that or it's just another platform really to but it it opens it up way really wide to to be very careful how you use it right and you know before social media and all of this um the temptations the triggers were much more limited and you know you really have to look at the reality of your life and adjust your filters and things of that nature so you don't get triggered so much or tempted so much. But there are a lot of people that, yeah, the portable little uh, cell phone, smartphone, what a gift. But it's destroying their lives and it's eating away at their connection with and the joy of their life with God because they just fall uh, into the temptation of it. And if that's happening to you, you really need to take a second look at that little cell phone of yours and how powerful it is. I would even think the by virtue of the fact that when you scroll through something, your mind is processing so many different things, even if they're all okay. So I'll even put it that way. In terms yeah. of confusion or getting depressed, like you you look up half an hour later, like I just process, I just took in all this information, and I was supposed to be actually doing this over here. And now I got to reengage in where I was, you know, like, right. right? So. You're talking about wasting time, which is a horrible (laughs) use of your thought life to be wasting your time. Yeah. Uh, We want to respect your time, speaking of which. One last question for you. Uh, Steve Arterburn, kind enough to spend time with us today uh, on WFIL. Uh, You mentioned, and and if you just, I mentioned this at the beginning, a lot of scripture throughout, a lot of uh, things that are examples, and also just writing for the person, reader's heart. Uh, but there's also these practical tools. And so I, I don't know if there are a few things or a couple of things that come to mind, just practical things a person could do to to help structure a healthy thought life as they go through their day. Well, develop that God thought out of Scripture, that truth that you can go to that is uh, directs you back into a, a connected relationship with God. But also uh, develop a a principle or a scriptural truth and spend some time meditating on it. It's important to read the Bible, but memorize some scripture. Or if you can't memorize scripture, memorize a phrase that you can use that will keep you pointed back. And then, of course, the best advice is if everything you try doesn't work, look at what is the bigger issue that hasn't been dealt with and go deal with that and set yourself or allow God to set you free from that. That's good stuff. I, and I know in chapter three, which I appreciated, use your real ID. It has five specific ways Amen. the Bible flushes out our true identity. So to your point earlier, you have to know what is as opposed to everything that isn't. When I DJ a wedding, I might have said this to you before, we talked about a wedding you were at. When yeah. I ask a client, what do you want to hear at your wedding? You have space for 50 or 100 songs. Tell me what you like. Don't tell me everything you don't like, because, I mean, that helps, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to play an old song you dance to with, with your original boyfriend or something, but but there's endless songs you might not like or styles. I want to know what's going through the speakers you do like. And so, I mean, you know, yeah. so they could get the idea there. So uh, chapter yeah. three to me was about that. But fill your mind with God's truth, his promises, and his real hope. And uh, you just can't lose by doing that. And I think if nothing else, every believer's thought life is a great reminder of all the things you know that are good for you to do, and it gives you a way to do them where you can have victory. That's great. Thanks for writing it, by the way. Hmm, You're welcome. Thanks for letting me be on, Tim. Really appreciate it a lot.
for sure. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you yep. so much. All right. Bye-bye. That's, that's Steve Arterburn, New Life Live host. You can catch a program on WFIL uh, 1 till 2 each weekday. He's founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, host of the number one nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live, and founder of the Women of Faith Conferences, best-selling author, Every Man's Battle, and many other things the Lord's used him with. And now this newest book, Every Believer's Thought Life, Defeating Destructive Mental Patterns to Gain Victory Over Temptation. Quick break, Gary G. Cobb going to be joining us next. Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 440 on The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Very glad to bring on board the one and only Gary G. Cobb. Hey, G., how are you? Good, good. How you doing, Tim? Great. How are your holidays? Again, having, I guess the first time we're chatting in the new year. Uh, you know, it's been a busy time, you know, uh, of course you got, the, you know, everything going on with the Eagles and their, uh, uh, their playoffs and now they're getting ready to get started with the playoffs. So you got that happening and, uh, I've had other things going on, you know, uh, you got, of course, all of the uh, football and, yeah. and, uh, it was good to hear, uh, about, uh, Pastor Cedric Brown, you know, he's a buddy of mine. And of course we played together for the Eagles, uh. I see he he does a show on, That's on, right. the, on the station, you know, so that was uh, something to hear about him. But uh, there's a lot going on, and, um, you know, it's a busy time with uh, the whole thing with the um, with the playoffs because uh, it's one and done now, so <laughs> you well, got to win, and, and we're trying to get Jalen back healthy and everything, so we we got to pray for Jalen to get – he's got to get healthy. Hashtag pray for Jalen. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what what's your, what do your instincts tell you? Because this weekend's going to be a lot of fun. I think the game starts Saturday, Sunday, and there's even a Monday night uh, playoff game between I think the Cowboys and Tom Brady and the Bucks. So it should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to be a, a lot of close games. Um, you know, you can see where uh, they're going to be serious battles, you know, and, and when you start playing where if, if, you, uh, if you don't win, you go home. You know, it gets pretty serious. So, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. But I, I know they got some exciting games. Because that Monday night game with the Dallas and Tampa Bay, you got the Dallas going against Tom Brady and and his team, and uh, the Eagles will be sitting waiting. But the big thing is we're making sure that uh, Jalen is somewhere getting, you know, uh, some treatment on that shoulder and everything, getting good and healthy, so that uh, the Eagles are ready to play when they play the next week. What do your instincts tell you? About the Eagles, well, you know, I think they, um, I think they got a good, a good chance. You know, they, um, they just need to get him. You know, you see how really uh, they, they need uh, Jalen, and they're going to get a chance to be working together between now and when they play. And let's say, you know, a week at about uh, what about nine, ten days. So, yeah. uh, I, I think they're going to be ready to go, and they're going to be playing at home. And you know, the, you know, Philadelphia fans know how to make noise. That, uh, <laughs> that makes it make that they do like, seem like it makes the ground move. So, so, so we'll be looking forward to that. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun and everything. And um, I really feel for people that uh, put everything into the games and everything. The whole life is in the game. And as much as I, you know, love to see the, the games and everything, you know, uh, my life is not in the game, you know, who wins or loses uh, because, you know, I, I know what's really going on and what's really important. And, you know, the, the biggest decision is, you know, receiving the Lord and having him in your life and, and not who wins the football game. Uh, 
even though you know we have fun going to the game and and enjoying the competition, but it's not life or death. Uh, what happened to um, young player? Um, oh yeah, Demar um, Hamlin. You know, uh, Hamlin. What happened to him? You know, uh, now that's you know much more serious because you know, and you're talking about your your uh, your life being able to have children and see your children grow up and live a full life and everything. And that's what we want to have for him. That's, you know, uh, more important than, you know, uh, who, who wins the game and everything, because I, I know guys who won Super Bowl trophies and everything, and it's not doing them any good now with, you know, some of the challenges they have in their life. So, hmm. you know, uh, there are a lot of things in life that are more important than football. Gary G. Cobb is a, uh hanging out with us for a few minutes here today. Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL, Philadelphia. Gary, of course, played for the Eagles, played for the Lions, played for the Cowboys. And DeMar Hamlin, I think, is what you're referring to uh, from the Buffalo right. Bills, right? It was a couple of weeks ago where he uh, you know, collapsed on the field, cardiac arrest. I made this point. I was thinking of you when this happened. Uh, I said this on the, the, the air the other day. What does it say about human nature or, or just humans that you have all those thousands of people in the stadium, plus everyone watching on TV. When that happens, especially those close enough to see it in person, they all knew what mattered, even if they can't put their finger on, you know, or don't they don't even know the Lord yet, that they knew that the right thing is like, wow, we're here cheering, we're here having fun, we're you know good, and that, and that can all be good too. But collectively, it's not like you had to explain it to anybody. If, if, like, to me, that's evidence like people – if you even just point it out to people, say, you know what? You ever wonder if there's something more to life than going to a ball game and doing this and that? It, it, it was evidence because everyone in the same minute stopped and understood. I mean, started to understand. You know what I mean? So I, I, I know – yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean because, you know, that's what hit the players. I mean – they knew that, look, you know, because you really become insensitive to the injuries because when you're playing, you really can't get so caught up if a guy gets injured because guys get injured, but you still have to play and do your job. Sometimes the guys get insensitive, but see, this had gone to a point where his life was in jeopardy. Yeah. And so that's when, forget the football. So you had the, the, the two teams coming together where they don't feel like, well, it's us against them. It's not us against them anymore. We're all praying and believing that he's going to survive, that he's going to, you know, not have his life snatched from him out here at this football game, you know, where we look up and all of a sudden he's gone, you know, that that's more important. I I think it's just brought some things where, you know, you hate to see a tragedy, but it's sometimes you, we all know that when somebody leaves and everything, people realize, look, you're not going to be here forever. You know, yeah. what, what, uh, us being here, what is it all about? You know, and that's when you can share with people that, hey, you know, there's some things more important than playing football uh, and that we need to talk about them. You know, we need to talk about, you know, the sacrifice that Jesus made so that we could really be able to live to, to live past this time, that there's a, there's an eternity that, is there for us if we will just accept the Lord uh, and, and, and accept him and, and give our life to him. So that's uh, very sobering. And, you know, at times we people need a sobering because at times people get drunk with the the nonsense, you know. Sometimes it's just nonsense of, of different things in life that aren't even that important. So 
It's really true. And I, I was it's thinking very of, sobering. I was guessing these last couple of weeks, especially for you, considering a, a, you know, a good chunk of work I know that you do involves working with players after they transition out of playing ball to you know, everyday civilian life or another career. And, and uh, I was thinking, <laughs> I'm guessing your phone was busy for the la- after Hamlin's collapse on the field. I, I would think you were probably in a lot of conversations. Oh, oh, no doubt about it. And um, meaning of life and uh, everything else. Yeah. In, in talking about it and, and, uh, and the thing about it really is um, that's where, you know, I kind of get a chance to live there more than uh, a lot of the fans, because I get a chance to see a lot of players you know, when they're in a vulnerable position. And uh, I was saying, you know, it's uh, really uh, different. If you got a big 300 some pound guy, crying and he's leaning on you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, he's a youngster that you, you know, you're you're trying to console him. He's crying because his career is over. He's got to start over, you know, with his life. And that's, that's over. He, he, you know, he worked for 10, 15 years. He's only 20 some. And now that life is over and he's got to move on and he's there crying and, you know, you try to console him, you know, so... In, and, you, in, um, and you're crying because he's leaning on you. Yeah, yeah, I'm crying because he's, <laughs> he's about to break my leg because he's so, <laughs> he's so big. But, yeah, if, if you just get a chance to see the humanity of the different players. That's what you get the chance. That's what I get the chance to see all the time. Folks, want to pray for Gary Cobb. He has definitely has a ministry there. You can also look him up, gcobb.com. And speaking of getting larger... How's that grandson of yours? He's still eating, I understand. Oh yeah, uh, he's he's growing, and uh, you know, like I, I was I was telling some people that his his motto is uh, you know uh, if in doubt pull it out. That means he's he's pulling stuff down. If if he can get a hold of it, you know, he's gotten to that point where he can he can get around and uh, and pull things out of cabinets and and everything. So if you were to walk out of the room for ten minutes. You could come back and, and just be shocked by all the stuff that he's found to pull out. So uh, he's getting he, close he just, to a year now, isn't he? Something like that. Oh, he's, he, no, he's he's about fourteen months now. Okay. So yeah. Wreaking so havoc. Past a year. Yep. Maybe he'll be a good like a pass rusher or something. Hey, hey well, hey, he's got good strong hands. So he'll, <laughs> he'll be able to. <laughs> he'll be able to grab people. So he's got and he's working on it. So they they're going to be very strong. So. Uh, yeah, but he's he's doing well, that's and good. and that's always exciting, you know, to see uh, see him growing and learning things. You know, he he got to the point where he knows how to open doors now. So now it's you know you better watch it. All bets are off. If, if it's not locked, you know, <laughs> if, if there's a way he can get a handle or grab it, you know, where the, you know some of the doors around the house, you know, he can get in there what and is, get into things. So he's what a sweet what a sweet time of life for you to be at this you know this stage in your life and get to play ball, marry children, and get grandchildren, grandson, and all that. So yeah, God yeah, bless you in that. How can people yeah. pray for you? I was I was kind of kidding. I was mentioning it briefly, but anything specific these days? Well, uh, I know I, I just think you know just uh, uh, being wise about you know making sure that um, you know I take care of myself because you know they tell us we're dealing with people and their problems. You know you got to make sure you. You get some time away for yourself, and and you don't, uh, you know, just work yourself into the ground. So that's that's the thing. I just got to be sober about stuff. That's good. That's why. That's yeah. why they say you can't. Something about a dull axe. I forget the saying. 
but you got to sharpen the axe, uh, yep. you know, so it can actually do some good work. That's right. Amen. Well, thanks, G. And uh, I've just remembered last year you had an, a, an ugly Christmas sweater. Did you happen to put that on this year again, or did you have any? Uh, you know what? I, I did not wear it this year. You know, I, I, I got it up. I still have it, but I, I didn't get a chance <laughs> to wear that. I just, you know, uh, just wearing, you know, like a, you know, red blazer uh, okay. or a red vest. I was wearing in my suits, you know, and things like that. That's the, what I did for uh, the Christmas look this year and okay. everything. But hopefully, uh, I'll, I'll be celebrating at the beginning of February out there in uh, in Arizona when the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, now you're talking our language here. That's good stuff. <laughs> Gre- yeah. Greetings to your so, family. Uh, God bless you, my friend. Uh, hey, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, everybody. Hopefully, everybody is uh, enjoying their new year, and and uh, we get a chance to, to get out and you know be a blessing in somebody else's life because it's really good. Uh, we, when you could have a hand in helping other people. So, cause we're getting back into the prisons too. They finally opened back up, good. you know, uh, after COVID. So good to be able to go in there and, uh, and get a chance to bless some of these, uh, these young guys that are in, in, in prison. Fantastic. Lord, I pray uh, your blessing on, on G to get that time to uh, recharge with you and also the ministry in the prisons to the players and certainly his wife and children and uh, family. I, I ask you to just lift him up and keep uh, one day at a time, help him to be encouraged in his faith and know your love for him and operate out of that love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we pre- I appreciate it, and uh, the Lord is good. He's, he's a good God. That's it. That's it. Gee, thanks again. We'll catch you again sometime soon. Okay. All Sounds right. good. Bye for now. All right. Gary G. Cobb, longtime NFL player, 11 seasons in the league, Cowboys and Lions and Eagles. GCobb.com, just the letter G, C O B B.com for some of the stuff that he writes. Has some other folks who do some writing there too on the Eagles and other, other sports at times, and certainly does ministry uh, and joins our show every you know, couple of months. We get to have him on and chat a little bit about sports and about faith in the Lord, and it's always a good time. And usually his grandson, we mix in there too because he's fun. <laughs> so there you have it. Quick break. We'll wrap things up here in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 457 on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL in Philadelphia. Thank you for tuning in. We've had some uh, wonderful conversations in the last couple of days. Pastor Joe Foch, his son Josh, were in studio with us yesterday from Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia and the uh, program Straight from the Heart, which airs at 7.30 each weekday morning. We had Steve Arterburn earlier this hour from New Life Live, which you can catch at 1 o'clock each weekday afternoon. Uh, we also have coming up in the next few days, uh, Dr. Robert Jefferson, Pathway to Victory. He has a new book out. And Rabbi Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which airs at 3 each weekday afternoon. He has a new book out, too. Everybody's got a book. I don't have a book. But no, uh, I, don't, I thought about Somebody asked me the other day about writing a book uh, about parenting, actually. We have five children, and they're like, we really think your kids are great. I'm like, well, anything good, glory to God. But uh, I'm like, well, I guess I've been around the block a few times. It'd be kind of fun to try try something like that. In any case, we are sometimes giving these books away. Sometimes we're just letting you know about them. But be encouraged to tune in. Uh, if you have guests on the program you'd like to hear, because, of course, we love to have their national ministry and local ministries on the air, the speakers and pastors and hosts. But we also love to have you know, guests from different walks of life. I was mentioning this to someone earlier today, that this program is based on John three sixteen, which says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so our goal with this program and the station is to do that. We want to certainly encourage those who are believers. And we also want to let those who are listening in know that uh, Jesus did die on the cross for them. And so there's a decision to be made about that. And so we hope that you will consider and, and take him up on that. And so sometimes our guests actually are from uh, you know other backgrounds. They may not be believers. We're maybe just talking about a recipe book or we're talking about a something. But sometimes you plant some seeds, just like everyday life. So we appreciate your prayers for the program. If you want to send an email, you're welcome to. Or text in emails, timmyd, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Or you can text our show line, uh, 610-500-DOVES, the number 610-500-3683. Thanks for listening in. God bless you and have a great night. Looking forward to our famous Friday show tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.